All right, great, great morning, everybody. It is Monday, November 16th. This is uh, Tom Miller leading your Monday mentorship call. I hope everybody had a significant weekend. Uh, the weather was beautiful. Um, it was a great opportunity to get outside. Uh, certainly had some uh, disturbing news um, you know, with our allies, our, our longest allies. Uh, you know, definitely, and it was a great opportunity for us. We went uh, here at here in Raleigh. You know, you may not know there's a um, there's a foreign exchange, not really a foreign exchange student. There's a study abroad program through NC State called Schema, and my sister-in-law actually works for the office in France. Um, so it was it was an opportunity for us. Uh, we all congregated at uh, in the Moore Square uh, for a peace rally yesterday, and it was just. A great opportunity to to uh, reflect and and um, to uh, pay our respects to those who lost their lives tragically last week. Um, there's some really really you know awful things. It just makes you kind of think about you know when you've got little ones you know how you know how do you explain uh, um, you know some of the some some of the news. And that's what, you know, being a leader is about, right, is being able to co communicate, uh, you know, the good and, and the bad and establish understanding of, of the re reality of the world that which we uh, live in. So um, I'm sure many of you had those uh, crucial conversations with your little ones. Um, it's, you know, definitely a, um, an event that, uh, you know, will certainly, you know, live on for time. And, and you know, we'll see what the repercussions end up being. But... Um, you know, definitely put the damper on, you know, an incredible weekend, uh, but, you know, again, it's it's reality, and, uh, and you know, we as leaders um, owe it to ourselves and our, you know, the opportunity to educate those those who are confused by by acts, acts of this, and of this terror. So, definitely hope uh, you had a great weekend, a great opportunity to reflect time, time, uh, time with your family, and hopefully nobody has has any uh, one close to them uh, that, that, that they may have lost you know, based upon this terrorism. So remember, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the focus of our calls is, is to learn to live leadership, right? To, to spend our time and our day always reflecting on how we can get better. So learning to lead, equipping your toolbox, always one of my goals is to make sure you leave each one of these calls with some sort of resource, some sort of tool that you can instantly implement in your own organizations so you can advance your organization and develop your leadership as well as the leadership of the individuals uh, that you serve. So that is our lead program. Learn, equip, advance, and develop. Just real quick, we've got uh, four calls this week, actually. We've got this one this morning. We have Lisa's legal series tomorrow at 11, and Lisa will be focusing on open meetings laws, uh, so catch her at 11 o'clock. Uh, we will, I know one reminder was out this morning. We'll send another one before the end of the day. And then uh, Jeff will host his Thursday Thinking Partner series Thursday at 2, and this past Thursday, if you missed it, he had, he had a great session on 10 tips in writing policies. So you definitely want to catch catch that opportunity um, if that's something that your organization is working on. And uh, policy manuals are living, breathing documents, everybody, and, and so everybody definitely should always be working on it and uh, trying to be responsive rather than reactive is, is critical when developing organizational policies. 
And lastly, I'll be hosting uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. We will be doing our November session of our governance series. So this is a very, 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 very uh, busy week. Lots of opportunities for equipping and developing uh, the organization. So make sure your board members know about Lisa's uh, series uh, tomorrow at 11, and then mine at 7 o'clock. We'll be talking about the trust but verification process uh, boards. Boards are charged with verifying that plans are working, pro uh, programs are are uh, meeting their their uh, purposes, and and staff are equipped to carry out the very unique education programs. So you know, in looking at my calendar, we actually started this program just about 90 days ago. It was August 17th was our first call, um, so we're right around 90 days. And I was over the weekend, I was reflecting about. How much I have learned uh, since 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 we started these calls on August 17th, and and I realized that you know clarity doesn't come from thought. Clarity comes from engagement, from intentional action. And and you know I was looking back at the six to eight books that I've read since August. All the content has been extremely relevant. You know any book that you read has relevant content to you. But unless you take that your thoughts and turn them into action, really it's just it's just thoughts, right? There's a difference between good intentions and intentional action. Right? Big difference between good intentions and intentional action. So I was thinking about some of the lessons we've talked about and one that we spent about a month on was with school culture, and we talked about four ways to jumpstart culture, and the definition of culture being the survival mechanism and the mindset or the framework in which individuals make decisions. And and nothing has been more clear to me. Uh, you know, we had a conversation with the leadership team recently about professionalism. You know, what does professionalism look like here? And they talked about you know their teachers drinking coffee out of mason jars in the morning or eating Cheetos down the hallway. And I just asked, I said, are the staff, or I mean, are the students allowed to, to eat uh, or, or, you know, drink during class? And they said, oh, no, no. So what's the culture then, right? Because remember, culture is, is the worst behavior that you'll tolerate becomes the culture of the organization. And, and, and so, we, so we have to remember what are we trying to, what is our desired outcome? What is the culture that we like to see? What are the behaviors that we like to see? And looking at the the four ways to jumpstart a culture, where we talked about number one was stop making excuses, right? So stop stop the excuses. Anytime, you know, we go into schools and we and we do some initial sit downs with school leaders, you know, we definitely hear the excuses and, 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 you know, number two are generalizations. So stop making excuses and stop making generalizations about their population of students, about the parents that, that don't care or don't have the time. And our kids are transient and are, you know, and they can't get here on time and they're late all the time. I mean, you know, you're just uh, one way to jumpstart the culture is to, to just to stop allowing that to, to come, come through your mouth, right? But number three was to create a common enemy. And this, this didn't dawn on me until I, I heard um, a principal uh, in the Charlotte area speak about 
you know, their high school last year, the board voted to dissolve the high school. The high school just wasn't performing very well, and it was definitely, as, as you know, if you leave a high school, it's very, very expensive. So after this, this you know, scenario went down, obviously the uh, you know, community and the stakeholders were very upset. There was huge outrage, um, you know, based upon this board's decision to eliminate high school from their K-12 school. And, and these, you know, so the board rescinded their vote and, and started to create a plan. And we happened to have a chance to uh, visit the school recently. And it was unbelievable uh, the resources and time and energy uh, that it was being um, infused into the high school planning, and and it just made me think about create a common enemy, right? So so in in shutting down the high school, it it created this 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 bond, right? This this uh, need this need and drive to to warrant something successful that for years and years people had just kind of you know just looked at it was just there it was destination disease it was another it was another place just to go to school um, so so that so that you know you know again my clarity came from the actual engagement and the seeing and the understanding of of, of what Todd Whitaker meant by creating a common enemy we talked last week just about learning how to lead yourself and there was a lot of reflection on me um, as a teacher remember we said that you know, you know, before you can be good in authority, you have to understand what it's what it means to be under authority, right? You have to be good under authority. And and one of my great mentors, uh, Dr. Mark Tracy, who is the who is the principal at uh, Kestrel Heights here in uh, Durham, uh, we just had this opportunity to go to this banquet on Friday night for the Parents for, for Education Freedom of North Carolina, and we were laughing about that. Mark, 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 Mark was my assistant principal. When I was an exceptional children's teacher, and we just laughed at my inability to be under authority, and uh, and a lot of that is you know still true, but it was very clear for me realizing you know the mistakes I made as a leader, right, the uh, faulty assumptions that I had um, as a leader were some of the same faulty assumptions I had when I was under authority, um, just in organization charts, but not in not in mentality. So you have to lead yourself. You have to be that model. And and it's not about you. It's about getting off your own agenda, right? To establish, you know, to go from me to we, we mentality. I've also learned that as a leader, I cannot move faster than my team is ready to move. So establishing influence. Um, Jeff, Jeff just sent me this text message over the weekend. Uh, he was listening to one of our mentorship calls, and he wrote this great, great line to me. Establishing influence is not bringing someone around to your truth right, or your observations. It's bringing them around to their own. And this was a, an eye-opening experience for me as, you know, working with an organization this year, and, and we really worked hard to implement a lot of strategies and initiatives in a very, very short time. And what we thought we were making progress, we were actually creating more of a fragmented culture. You know, based upon that we were just moving too fast. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for those decisions. They weren't. They weren't ready to implement a lot of these pieces. You know, felt like they were losing their organization. So that was very, very important for me to realize about you know about the speed because I can run the thousand miles an hour, but 
and I'm just, you know, merely taking a walk by myself because no one's there, you know, following me. That's very, very important. So, so um, I'd say the most profound learning so far has been from reading the five, the five assumptions of a team. And, um, uh, you know, after seeing Mr. Lincioni at, at the Live to Lead conference, reading the five assumptions of a team, which are absence of trust, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and inattention to results, I find that in every every organization, every situation, every home life, right? It's 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 those five. You look at those five pieces, those five assumptions of a team, and you can identify where the issues are. So we definitely we'd like to use this Lincioni's uh, um, pyramid in in working with teams and and start to help them understand why trust is the foundation of all success. Why is it important to be focusing on the results? Why is it important? What does accountability really mean and, 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 and look like? What is the behavior you desire to see? So, you know, my whole point in and that is, you know, this is just in a 90-day period, right? So, so I know I have grown tremendously, and I hope you have as as well. With anything that you read, someone asked me over the weekend, you know, what what books would you recommend? And that, that's 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 the wrong question to ask, and you know, you know, because I'm going to give you a list. But I just told him, I said, it really doesn't matter what book you read. Is that is that you divulge the book, you consume the book, and you take your thoughts and you turn them into action. It's really all that matters. So anything you learn, anything you see, if it's relevant to you and getting to where you want to be from A, you know, from point A to point B, then create an action plan and go do it. That's that's the most important. So over these 90 days, there's been incredible learning and, and it's going to keep on getting better and keep on continuing, but I just hope that you know, that's 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 my message there is to take what you've learned and put it into action because otherwise good intentions are just that. They're just good intentions. Like good intentions examples are um, when I was in a eat smart move more way less group, right? Um, we had every Monday at ten o'clock or whenever the class was, it was the only time we were allowed on a scale. Right? So good intentions about having clear measurables. So I think my goal weight was to lose, you know, 17 pounds or something. But I wasn't allowed on the scale in between a week, right? So every Monday I knew exactly that time I had a clear benchmark evaluation, only using the same scale, right, wearing the same shoes, whatever it was. It took my good intentions and turned them into actionable results, right? Because I knew on a weekly basis I could review and reflect on my plan, and what I ate and what I exercised, and here was the result. It was clear. It was tangible to me. Big difference between good intention is to be healthy, and intentional living is holding yourself accountable through measurable actions. Writing a strategic plan is good intentions, but we all know most strategic plans sit in the filing cabinet, right? Never, ever, ever to be seen again until maybe they're due, right? The school improvement plan. Remember those those meetings you used to have and 
we'd all sit every Wednesday for hours and we'd congregate this, this great plan and then it would never ever come out again, right? So the good intentions is writing the plan. The intentional living part is 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 not only planning your work, but it's working your plan. It's it's taking it out for every meeting. It's 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 looking at it on a weekly basis. Okay. It's a daily review of your goals and your actions and your intentions in your calendar. Holding yourself accountable, making sure you're focusing on completing the aspects of the plan, right, that align to your goals. So writing goals, good intentions. Measuring goals, making changes based upon the results is actionable living. Big difference. Intentional living uses, moves excuses to ideas. So, so one, so one big piece that I wanted to talk about today is is meetings. Right? Is meetings. Having meetings is good intentions. Having meetings that are purposeful and focused and an end result into action is intentional living. Right? We all spend way, way too much time in meetings that we walk out of either more frustrated or more confused. So in in uh, Patrick Lencioni's brand new book called The Advantage, I finished it over the weekend and he had this great section on meetings. Four types of meetings that every healthy organization has. So I really want to spend some time talking to you about these these four types of meetings today. So he describes meeting as as uh, most organizations have a meeting stew, right? So leaders try to create this recipe and they throw every little thing into into their meeting. They create these lengthy agendas. I was just working with a principal the other day and she had a two-hour meeting scheduled and the agenda was three pages long. And it had anything you could imagine from tactical to strategic to just kind of administrative memos. I mean, everything was in here to professional development that we would, you know, we would be doing. And it's, it was this clear definition of meetings too. So, you know, like you're trying to bring all, it's a mind dump, right? You take a mind dump and you throw everything onto this, you know, sheet of paper and include logistics and announcements and tactical strategy and brainstorming. It's just a common error. It's a common error because because you value your face time in front of your people. So, oh, this is where I need to get the most important information in. So what we do is we spend those staff meetings, those first 15, 20 minutes, like answering questions, you know, getting the memo done, blah, 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 blah. And by that time, everybody's exhausted or they're or the confused, and you're like, okay, everybody, let's let's turn to our next section and teach teach uh, like a champion and and learn. And learn this next, this next, you know, uh, strategy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so common. It's, it's 4:30, and you're trying to dive into the most important part, the whole reason why you wanted to get your staff with each other. So Lencioni talks about four types of meetings that create healthy organizations. So the first type, the first type of meeting, is your daily check-in. It's a daily stand-up. Is a 10-minute meeting. 10-minute meeting 
either prior to student arrival or right after student arrival because you know you know one of the most important parts of culture is consistency and and you know messaging and communication and there's nothing you know administrators administrators need to be out during arrival you know they need to be there whether it's answering you know opening doors or seeing the kids off the bus greeting everybody making sure your staff is you know where they need to be making sure there's no issues so a great time to have this daily check-in is either the 10 minutes prior to arrival or the 10, 10 minutes after. So this is, this is a great way to start your day. And this meeting is utilized for quick announcements, updates, schedule changes, you know, what to look for, maybe teachers who are out or maybe students that you appeared in, the, you know, were slightly off. I mean, anything that you can just address Right, that most of the time gets addressed in an email conversation, right, where like you're waiting for responses or there's so much time. I mean, if you just knew that every single day you would be seeing your team, your most important members of your team, you know the quick things I've got to get that they have to know for that day. Okay, this is not a strategic meeting. It's not, you know, it's 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 you know nothing tactical, right? It's nothing that you need to analyze. It's just hey. One minute, you can have everybody. What are the most important things we need to know today? Okay, third grade's on a field trip. Great. All that's handled. Or we got, you know, multiple subs in fourth grade. Okay, well, let's make sure we do, you know, extra walkthroughs over there. All right, hey, I'm in an observation from 10, 10 to 11. Need to make sure you've got the emergency calls during that time. Okay, great. Everybody's got their walkie-talkie. Whatever it is, right, you're constantly communicating your, 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 your vision and your values, okay, Keeping keeping focused. Uh, Maureen Joy Charter School does this um, in Durham every single day. They have a daily stand-up, and they and they use it to focus on the values and 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 you know just the most important things. Right? Keeping that consistent message. You know, and 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 what I want to you know talk to you about is 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 your changing habits here. So one thing would be, you know, I don't know how. I've, you know, if I have 10 minutes to start every day. If it's important to you, you will find the time, right? So so this is an opportunity. And you tell them, hey, look, don't schedule anything from 7.50 to 8 o'clock every day, right? Try, you know, try not to, obviously. Don't schedule parent meetings. Don't schedule teacher observations and you know, whatever it is. This, is. this is this is our time to get together real quick, huddle up, get our key pieces out of the way. Don't try to like implement this as a full staff right away. Start small, okay, baby steps. Start small, get your team together. Doesn't need an intent agenda. All right, so be careful about the overbooking. Be careful about the overbooking and, and, and the key part of coming out of this meeting is everybody's on the same page, so you're avoiding the vortex. Right? You're, you're avoiding just diving right back into the daily minutia, right? which usually happens. You come in from dismissal or you know, arrival, and you walk into your office, and, and there's the 800 emails that are waiting, right? or, there's, or you know, there's, there's a parent, there's an upset parenter. This, this, this keeps you on, on the mindset of the most important things for the day, and moving forward. So daily stand up. Get it going this week. 
Type meeting number two. This is your tactical staff meeting, right? So this is your weekly meeting that you have. You know, maybe it's 45 to 90 minutes, okay, per week. This is where most of the meeting stew occurs, okay? And I was a big perpetrator of this. I was I was really bad, and I always thought I would try to do a good job if I'd have this daily memo that went out. And but then I realized that I would probably spend 20 minutes of my meeting, you know, answering questions about the daily memo, right? Things that could have been addressed during my during my daily stand up, real quick. You know, answers that could have been addressed then. You barely, if, if, if that's the way that your weekly staff meetings are set up, that's that's a problem. Right? The purpose of your of your weekly staff uh, meetings are tactical, right? It's focused on the most critical operation pieces, right? And 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 the best way that it starts with, right, is a real time agenda. You can use this model for your weekly leadership team meeting or your weekly staff meeting. This is critical in a healthy organization. So usually we spend hours trying to put in it, put in an agenda together, right? And what happens at the meeting is some issue came up and we don't ever get to the actual agenda items, right? Or we don't leave enough time for the agenda items. So putting the agenda is not about you. Right? Because because we have a million things as leaders on our brain, but, but that's not what's most important. What's most important is happening with our people. It might be impeding their progress. So if you take the first ten minutes of your tactical staff meeting and give each member thirty seconds, what are the most critical aspects right now that we need to talk about? Right? You get your list. You start to congregate your list together on their key activities, right? So this is what they believe are the most important. It's their priorities. Once you get around the room, you list these out and you compare them to what's, what aligns with the organization's strategic plan or strategic priorities, you know, whatever is, the, is, 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 is what you're focusing on at that time, the goals of the organization. We talked about how we best identify these priorities, but just to quickly recap, these were these those those six questions that we talked about a few weeks ago. Why do we exist? How do we behave? What do we do? How do we measure success? What is most important right now? And who is responsible for what? When you're going around your staff meeting, you're going to be looking specifically for the for the big rocks that align with what's most important right now. What's most important right now? Okay. Going around the room, 15, 30 seconds for everybody. You take that as the leader, create a one-page prioritized list, what's most important right now. This is the scorecard that you utilize to compare everyone's top priorities. So let's say, for example, if, if, if what you are working on right now 
what was most important right now was providing weekly teacher feedback based upon a new observation protocol and multiple members of your team were saying they were struggling you know to get into the classroom once once a week or struggling with the protocol or you know struggling with something operational and tactical about that that would be really important right now that that, that would be your key rock your key your key priority You could assign colors to your progress, just just you know like a dashboard, right? You make a circle and you know color up. You could put it all everything up on the whiteboard, and you have you know folks you know uh, come up and say, okay, where where are we with these priorities? You know, Jeff and I, when when we do a lot of our trainings, is we'll have we'll have the organization list out what they think is most important, and then we'll have them vote, and we'll take the top three, and that's what we'll focus on first. Whatever way you want to align your strategic priorities is what's most important right now. And remember, this is a tactical meeting. This is not a strategic meeting. This is not an analyzation meeting. This is just a, a tactical meeting. Because the challenge is, is that during these meetings, someone may raise a very, very compelling point, an important topic that doesn't that that should not be addressed at this tactical meeting. This happens all the time. It, it derails your meeting, right? It's a very valid point by this employee or team member or whatever it is, but it's but it's not the focus of the tactical meeting. It derails the purpose of the staff meeting, which is to get updates and address barriers, okay, to kind of keep us moving in the right direction. So these great questions cause the team to take on critical topics in an environment which they did not have enough time to achieve resolution. And they're not informed or prepared as they need to be to strategically analyze. Okay, so you have to be careful of that. So maybe that's, you know, maybe if, you know, great questions like that come up, we put them in the parking lot. Say, fantastic question. We'd love to address it. I don't know if we have the time to do it, but I know it's important to you. So that's going to lead us to our third type of meeting. Our third type of meeting is an ad hoc topical meeting. This is the most interesting and most fun meeting, in my opinion, because this is your quadrant two work, right? This is your Stephen Covey's. If you're a you know fan of Covey with his four quadrants, this is your quadrant two. This is the the deep organizational strategic analyzation of your problems, right? This is the Pareto principle, you know, focusing on your key rocks, how to solve your key rocks. So the main purpose of this meeting is to dig into the critical issues that have long-term impact. But they also re uh, require a lot of time and energy to resolve this, this threat or this issue. So this could be maybe you have a um, you know, deficiency with, with your science curriculum, right? Or there's a morale issue that needs to be addressed. Or you've got consistent disciplinary issues regarding, the, you know, like a, a similar behavior over and over. Okay, so these take two to three hours of focused collaboration. Okay, you want to framework the issue, identify any antecedents, share some basic research, brainstorm possible solutions, debate these solutions, make a decision, and answer who does what, right? Your commitments, commitments to action. Let's go through that again. Two to three hours of focused collaboration, 
framework in the issue, identify the antecedent, basic research sharing, brainstorm possible solutions, debate these solutions, make a decision, and take on your commitments. And I think everybody in the line is going to agree with me here that, re that leaders rarely carve out the time to make these meetings happen. Instead, we try to find 10 or 15 minutes of time in our staff meeting, right, in our tactical staff meeting, to address the problem. Or we have an impromptu meeting, and we, and, and we try to take 15 minutes to solve a very long-term issue, right, without, without the, the correct information. So how do we carve out the time? You know, some <clears throat> some schools have scheduled half a days, you know, once a month, <clears throat> and some once a week. And this is a great time to to carve this out, right? Because it's because you know I have a you know a weekly meeting. It's going to be focused on you know solving you know strategies. So it's just important to carve this out to be prepared to do that. And, and you have to be careful about just kind of making this impromptu because then you're going to derail the rest of your team in a sense of maybe they had a teacher observation schedule, right, or they had a parent meeting schedule, or they have to come in and out of the meeting. It's critical that we have consistent time carved out for these, for these first three types of meetings so far. Okay, our daily check-in, our uh, tactical staff meetings, and our topical meetings, which are more strategy and analysis. And here's the reality. This is why this happens. Folks go into school leadership or leadership in general or whether they're going to open a business, right, and they imagine themselves changing the community, right? You, you, you envision yourself developing teachers, working with students, being innovators in education, working with their team to wrestle the key issues and solving these problems, right? So just like you did, like, if you went to graduate school, remember we always had those case studies, and they'd give us those case studies, and we'd work really hard to develop a strategic plan and analyze the problems, and, hey, we're going to change the world based upon this. But reality is that principals find themselves inundated with emails and constantly putting out fires and voicemails and addressing upset parents and adhering to regulatory requirements, and they never set the time aside for the thorough, challenging, tense, dramatic, and fun conversations. Or worse, they schedule the time, but then they cancel it. Right? They cancel because of an emergency or they cancel because they think their team is tired. But ultimately, those, those strategic meetings are why you got into this. Right? This, is, this, this was your vision. It was working with teams, developing people, creating solutions to, to our problems in the world. So think about the time you spend in the business rather than working on the business. Because as school leaders, you are business leaders. So think about the time you spend in the business, right, in the daily business rather than on the business, developing the organization. You as a leader need to be carving out specific uninterrupted time working on the business and then trust in your people to handle the in-the-business stuff. 
That's why you hire them. That's why you train them. That's why you develop them. Let them handle the in the business stuff. You're never doing an organization or your team justice by saying, we have a huge agenda. We have a huge agenda today. I value your time. I want to make sure we get out on time. And you have an agenda, you present an agenda with about three hours of material and you try to jam it into a 60-minute session. And you try to do that with a group of folks who just worked extremely hard for eight hours. If that's your idea of professional development and strategic planning and analysis and developing a healthy organization, you're moving in the wrong direction. The fourth type of meeting, and one that I know many school leaders hardly ever do, is your quarterly off-site reviews. This meeting should be unique and really focused, and you could be, it could last from a half a day off-site to maybe even a day or two off-site, stepping back from the business to get a fresh perspective. This is why it needs to be done away from the office, because if you're in the office, if you're in the school, something's going on, you're going to be drawn to that, right? You're not going to be present in what's most important. And this quarterly offsite can be, you know, reviewing the strategic plan, reviewing the strategic anchors, and, 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 you know, analyzing those identified, you know, the responses, the cohesive responses of those six questions. And you, you, you take a look at your short and long-term goals, and, and you look at the actual data that came in, right? So you're assessing the performance of, of, of your students, of the key employees, of the key programs that you implemented this year. You're really analyzing any, um, you know, changes or threats that you need to address, right? You know, what, are, what do I see us going down the road? Are we navigating? Are we staying on path? But most importantly, it brings cohesiveness to your team. Right? It's that it's that clarity, that, that that team clarity, communication, human systems, right? It's making sure that everything is moving in the right direction. You might bring in a, a critical friend or a or a committee to help really, really dive into the analysis. You know, maybe you know, maybe uh, you know, you, you hire a consultant to kind of facilitate the meeting, right, to keep you on track provide a little bit of you know professional development to your team, you know, based upon what the results are showing. That's really a big deeper dive organizational piece. And you can easily do this when you're scheduling, you know, when you're preparing your calendars for next year, you know, take a look at every quarter. Could we do, could we do one one full day off every quarter, maybe a day and a half, you know, something to that effect. And one of the times that I've seen this uh, was what was a community school of Davidson. They do an annual retreat, and they do it in about April of every year. And, and some of the most amazing um, aspects that I saw of it was, one, not only did they have their entire staff there, and it was off-site, it was held in the, um, up in the mountains, but, but they had all of their staff that were hired for the upcoming year there as well. And they, and they did um, curriculum planning. They really focused on school improvement initiatives. They did some analyzation of data. They focused on development relationships, you know, developing skills. I mean, they really, and then they had it all, you know, set up where the, where the leaders, you know, were, you know, you know, maybe had certain, certain times together and, 
and each you know grade level and uh, um, you, know, you know they just really it's it's purposeful and it's every year and I asked them why they did it in April and uh, Joy Warner told me she said because about this time of year is when we all just really kind of need to recuperate right we we need that co cohesiveness to push through the last six to eight weeks of the school year right because that's when you get into EODs and it's just a lot of things that they just they just, that's not really who their organization is. It's just, you know, something that they've got to do because it's mandated by the state. But they, but it was just a great time to kind of regroup and, and refresh and, and remind ourselves of why, why we're all here. So I love the quarterly off-site reviews. I, I think it's a great opportunity uh, because, you know, too often we get too deep into the weeds and we totally forget about who we are and where and all those great plans that we made over the summertime, right? So this is a great time to just every quarter take a deep dive and you know analysis of the progress that you've made so far. And I know what you're saying, you know, you're sitting there, Tom already spent way too much too much time in uh, meetings now. So so if I'm looking at this plan, okay, and if you had a daily stand up, right? So five meetings a week, that's that's fifty minutes, okay, fifty minutes a week right there. There's no preparation and planning time for that, right? It's 50 minutes. I mean, think about how much time you spend creating emails to your team on things that you could probably get in a 10-second 10, 10, uh, 10 conversation. So just think about how much time you spend in emails and you're getting out to your team for a week. All right, so that's 50 minutes a week. That's 200 minutes a month. Now, you've got your weekly staff meetings, okay? And some of you do weekly and some of you do bi-weekly. Remember, this is your tactical meeting, right? So this is only focused on... Well, just operational pieces and you know tactics and and what's what's kind of the most important right now right what's most important right now so let's say you spend on average 90 minutes a week so the times four it's 360 minutes okay and that's a long that's a long meeting setup that's a long staff meeting 90 minutes uh, but you know some folks have some folks have 90 minutes but let's say 90 now then you've got your ad hoc meetings right so these are these are, you know, based upon the big issues that have come up. Something that's come up that you need to address, right? Maybe some something come up maybe during the staff meeting. There's a, a great point, a great question. Something that um, was an unintended consequence, you know, of of a new initiative that you need to address. And this meeting could take, you know, two 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 to three hours. And let's say you end up having two of these uh, per month. So that's another 360 minutes. Okay. So right now. By my math, and this is so I got 920 minutes right now per month. And let's see, what is that? Six. That's about that's about 15 hours, 15 hours of your time, a little bit more maybe. And that's you know, and and we still got our quarterly all you know offsite reviews. Now, once you think about it, if if 15 hours of your time in strategic uh, meetings. Right, with that only had one one uh, purpose, right, and and they're always on the way out, leading to action and commitment. And if you work, and I know most principals don't work 200 hours a month, you're probably up towards the 300 hours a month range. But let's just say it's 200 hours. It's less than 10 10 percent of your time. Okay, if less than 10 percent of your time is focused on these on these meetings, on these key strategic meetings, right? Making sure that you've got alignment, that your that your that your communication is cascading down through the organization. Okay, you're focusing on your top 20%, right? Remember, we want to pour into our top 20% of our 
of our staff and our leaders. It's 10, 10, 10% of your time. And, and, and here's where the follow-through is going to lead to. When you, when, you, when you have intentional living, intentional action, it prompts you to focus on the most significant, right, the key priorities, what's most important right now. That's your 80-20 principle. It's going to motivate you to take immediate action for the most important. So we're focusing on the most important. Oh, something big came up. Okay, leadership team, we need to schedule an ad hoc meeting within the next you know, two to three days if we can all get our calendars together and see when we can spend two hours together addressing this great question by the staff member. And thank you for bringing it up, staff member. I'm sorry we're not going to challenge it right now, but, 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 but let's see if we can come up with a barrier too. But we're going to, you know, I promise it will be addressed by the end of the week. All the meetings completely focus on achievement, right? The achievement of the goals and strategic plan that you spend hours and hours and hours putting together over the summertime. And it cuts down the dialogue. Dialogue is not decision making. Okay? It gives you opportunities for all this. You got your daily stand up, eliminates dialogue. Your weekly tactical meetings reduces dialogue, right? Because you're only focusing on key rocks, moving through barriers. You've got your tactical meeting, which everybody has responsibility to bring research in, analyze, coming out with a commitment. And then you've got your quarterly meetings that really, really focus on, on the organization as a whole, which ultimately you will grow your team in every face-to-face -face communication that you have. That is my teaching for this morning. I hope that I added value to you. Definitely makes me rethink meeting focus, makes me think about all my times when I was a school leader, but how we definitely didn't utilize our face-to-face -face time effectively. And we never had clear purpose and intentional actions because we just didn't have the time, right? We never learned how to use our time, and time is our most precious commodity. So awesome. I'm going to open up the queue. If anybody's got any thoughts or questions, I'm going to unmute you. If you want to stay muted, go ahead and mute yourself on your side. But definitely any golden nuggets, anything you thought about, any reflections that you've had over these last 90 days in the program or from the teaching today, Anything that's on your mind that you would just love love to discuss and have a thinking partner with. Hey, Tom, this is Jeff. I'll get us started here. Uh, just thinking my way through these four different questions, and I get stuck on number one, the daily stand-up meeting, and the fact that it's daily. Can you see any value in having less frequent than daily stand-up meetings as your routine? So I think it's, you know, my purpose of the daily meeting would be to address all this, you know, things, Jeff, that we wonder about at night, right? So usually when you're in your busy part of your day, when you, you know, you don't have time to think, right? You don't have time to address. But if you became intentional right, and you carried just a little notebook, a little journal, right? A lot of us spend a lot of our time at the end of the school day just kind of reflecting, right, just, you know, kind of thinking. Sometimes this doesn't happen, so maybe, you know, you get on your run, right, 
I'm good. You know, you know, sometimes I just need to take a run and then things just start to pour into my brain. And so, and then a lot of us, you know, I know myself, I would send an email, right? And then sometimes there'd be seven or eight emails, you know, based upon all the thoughts that I have. And I just think about the time that I'm wasting of, of my team because I'm waiting for them to respond. I'm waiting for them, and they're like, am I supposed to respond to this or think about this or what is it? If I know that every single day I'm going to meet with my team for 10 minutes, I know I can get out those pieces. I know I can say, hey, let's make sure we, you know, you know, hop on this or we need to schedule a meeting for this or you know, whatever it is. So, so, so what in, in you know, reading the book also, you know, you know, emphasize that when you create this habit, okay, it gets people breaking from those bad habits, right, of, of relying on those other types of communication to drive your organization, and, and he, he tells a story about how, and this happens a lot, um, I think they had like a, there was a couple days in a row where the leaders were out in the conference, and then they had like a snow day or two, right, so it's just like when you're on a great exercise plan, and, and you miss a day or two, and then all of a sudden it turns into three weeks, and then you realize, oh my gosh, I'm way, I'm way out of whack. And that's what this, you know, story was about is that the organization realized that it didn't take very long to get them being disconnected again, right, because they were so used to this, you know, daily stand-up to really kind of address anything that's, um, you know, on their minds, right? So you think about, you know, the Scrum book that you and I both read. Uh, you know, I mean, the daily stand-up was so valuable in a sense of everybody knew where everybody was in, in terms of projects they were working on, and nobody had to sit around waiting in their cubicle. Uh, for the next, you know, step, they get everybody new and moves it at that one pace. So, so I don't, I don't see value in, you know, having it every other day because then it's too easy to, um, you know, break that habit. Say, hey, we can't meet today because of this. So, so but if if you've got every day eight o'clock, even if three of the five people show up, you're still continuing the communication, right? You're you're making it purposeful and it's there and it's valuable to every single person there. Don't just meet to meet have a clear purpose, right? So every day someone should be working on the key rocks, and it's a great way to get your accountability, holding people accountable for getting things done, right? If you wait for one whole week to get a project finished every day, you can ask them, hey, how's your progress on this? Do you need any help? Do you need any resources? Things are going well. Have you talked to John about it? Great. You know, every single day you can keep on. So that's where I see the value of it every day compared to every other day or couple days a week or Mondays and Fridays, you know, whatever it is. I don't I don't see it, but every day communicating with your team is critical. Anybody else want to chime in on Jeff's, Jeff's question? Anybody else lead a daily stand up or, or see value in it or, or see, you know, you know, some of the issues how they don't feel that it will work? Hi, this is Terry. Hey Terry. Um at first, when I when I heard you talking about them, like, oh my gosh, meeting every day that just seems impossible to even fit into a schedule at this point. But then after hearing it a couple of times, it kind of struck me the other day that we do this every day, but informally, like we don't have it on our schedule, but we stand at the door every morning, mm -hmm. and so we're there together for half an hour every morning, and that's where we kind of run through expectations and what's going on today and what you've got on your calendar and and all of those catching up and things that came up last night, or did you see that email, that's where we do our check-in. So we're accomplishing two things at one time. We're greeting the kids and we're seeing each other, but we, we get to catch up with each other and talk about what's coming up for the day at the same time. 
That's great. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you don't have to call the meeting. Just call the check-in, right? And and I just love having it either at arrival, you know, just just like you said, Craig, because it's so important that, that you know administrators are part of that process of of arrival because you get to see all the key issues that are happening, right? Navigating through barriers, but you see each other, you see your teachers come in, you see your students come in, and in the meantime, you're knocking out little tiny you know check marks on your your you know daily list. Here's all the things I got to do today. I got to make sure that you know. Every school leader knows this, or every teacher knows this. Um, yeah, but it's it's and it's and if and if you miss a day or two, I I feel like you're just way off kilter. Jeff and I are a team of two, and if I don't see Jeff for like a day or two, I feel as though we're not on the same page. That's exactly the way I feel. There's only two of us. <laughs> we like have to find each other to catch up. Yep, that's right. That's right. Well, excellent. Thanks, thanks, Terry, for sharing. Well, awesome. Any more thoughts or, or you know, golden nuggets? What did you think about the quarterly offsites? I mean, it's just so important. Everybody spends so much time writing strategic plans, and and you know, most of the time they go to the wayside. And uh, and I and I find myself as you know, as a consultant coming into organizations and we're reminding them that they have a strategic plan, that they wrote a strategic plan. And that's really, really concerning that they spend all those times and all those hours, but it doesn't ever, ever seem to be an intentional document that they utilize. All right. Well, listen, everybody, hearing, hearing no more calls or no more questions, I'm going to uh, finish this call and just Hopefully, this, this, you know, take time to uh, reflect, talk to your other school leaders, and see. Don't think you have to implement all four pieces at one time. Uh, you know, baby steps, one at a time. Reach out to other leaders. You know, Terry just talked about how they do it. You know, definitely reach, and, you know, she's at Lake Norman Charter. Really, really, you know, think about this process and how it can be valuable to you instead of being stuck in the vortex of your computer. And, and, and writing your office and, and this, this lengthy to-do list can, can be spent multitasking out with your team. And this is when you get really good at delegating, right? You say, hey, look, here's five huge things on my list today. Can anybody help me with this, right? Or has, what's, what's the progress? Has, has anybody reached out to this parent? Just like Terry said, anybody see the email last night? It was addressed to all of us. Who's answering it, right? There's, there's a huge piece right there. Who's answering this email? Be intentional. Practice practice being intentional. Okay, it's not it's not your thoughts that create clarity. It's your actions. It's your engagement that's going to get clarity in your organization. So, have a great day. Have a magnificent Monday. Be intentional, and I look forward to talking to all of you soon.